You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Not a whole lot going on in Cardinals camp, and this time of year may not be the best thing. Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock, follow him on Twitter at Bob Rack. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. We're sitting in an interesting spot watching the Cardinals do absolutely nothing. And free agency hasn't started. The 2020 NFL season hasn't ended yet. Yet, teams are already trying to improve their current situation. We'll talk about that in the second segment. Larry Fitzgerald put his house up on the market. Well, he sold his house in November for staggering profit. We'll talk about that in the third segment of what that means for the future of number 11. But first, uh, I, I put out on Twitter yesterday that Mark Ingram is probably going to be an Arizona Cardinal. He was cut by the Baltimore Ravens yesterday and or two days ago. And when you look at the track record of the Arizona Cardinals and what they do with aging running backs. You can't exactly put Mark Ingram's situation grouped in with the rest. Edgerton James was younger. He had a couple very good years with the Cardinals. Emmett Smith, on the other side of the spectrum, was 34 years old when they signed him and just wanted to break that all-time record. And then you have a guy like Richard Mendenhall, who we had mentioned, he was much younger. He was 26 when he left the league with his last year being with the Cardinals, and he was somewhat productive. But Mark Ingram's 31 years old. He's got that Alabama Crimson Tide mileage on his uh, on his tires and legs. And, Bo, it just, it just opens up the conversation with how inexpensive running back contracts are, unless, you know, it's you're the top-tier Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey guys. There's going to be a lot of running backs. And the Cardinals, do you think it'd behoove them to have that towards the top of the free agency pecking order? Mark Ingram? Just Mark Ingram or just in general? I mean, he's not the solution at running back. Is he a part of the solution? Could he be, you know, a running back committee? Could he be a goal line guy? Sure. But if, if he's the guy, if he's the somebody that they target as, you know, a starting running back, man, are they in trouble? I I, don't, I wouldn't understand that. I, I wouldn't mind him coming in and, and being a part of a trio of guys, including Chase Edmonds, that uh, that Cliff Kingsbury might rely upon like and in, in give Ingram some goal line carries. But I, I don't see him as an every down back. I mean, he's a guy that's got a lot of mileage. All those guys you mentioned have a t- had a ton of mileage on their legs. And the key to finding, you know, dynamic running backs and guys that are, are making big plays these days are guys that are fresh, young, you know, they might not be drafted high, but you know, they're, they're ready to go. You know, the James Robinsons of the world, I would much rather the Arizona Cardinals maybe look for a younger running back than a 31 year old uh, that just kind of fell out of favor because the Ravens smartly went young at the position. Oh yeah. And I'm not saying, let, let me clarify. I'm not saying that he should be the, the lead back uh, with the Cardinals. Right. I just, here's the thing. What we didn't know last year was what we could count on Chase Edmonds and Kenyon Drake to do. We thought we did. You know, like, well, Kenyon Drake, between the tackles, when he runs north and south, he's an average to a, you know, he's a B-minus runner. But if the Cardinals are up, and they're up 10 points with six minutes left in the fourth, he's not a guy you could give the ball 10 or 12 times in the fourth quarter and expect to get first downs with regularity. It's not something you could bank on. 
we don't know what the Cardinals are great at yet because we don't. There isn't anything that they're great at. There's not one part. We talked about this over the last couple of weeks. There's not one part of the Arizona Cardinals team that you can say, you know what? When all else fails, at least we know that is in order. At least we know Zane Gonzalez makes 95% of his kicks. At least we know that the that DJ Humphreys doesn't let a guy, uh, you know, um, uh, come around and, and sack and get sacks on him. We, we don't know anything that we can bank on while watching the Cardinals say, you know what, that will happen if all else fails. And it goes the same with the running back position. We don't know what Chase Edmonds is really good at every snap. And you need to find somebody in free agency where you're like, you know what, at least what we know is he's a bruiser, he can eat the clock, and he can get you tough first downs. Something like that. And with through free agency, you need to find design roles and go get guys that can associate with those specific roles. That's all I meant by Mark Inger. I mean, he doesn't fumble the ball a lot. He's got a nose for the end zone, and he's been a proven back in the league. And in a small, in a smaller role, he could bear fruits that the Cardinals didn't necessarily have from the running back position last year. I, I just think that if the Arizona Cardinals, if they're if they bring in Mark Ingram and they couple him with Chase Edmonds, and that's you know the extent of what they do at the running back position, you, you didn't get better. You, de- you definitely get, didn't get better. I mean, Kenyon Drake at least showed around. He also had a nose for the end zone. Here's a guy that had 10 touchdowns last season. He didn't go over 1,000 yards, but, you know, he was similar to Mark Ingram the previous season, and now you're getting Mark Ingram who, you know, he, he showed his age a little bit this year. If you bring him in and you want that change of pace guy, you want that bruiser, that's fine, but you better find somebody that can do a couple of things that you can rely upon or, or that you want to invest in uh, to be your lead back. I, I think I think the, the answer is simple as far as what they need to do at the running back position, and that's, that's finding a young running back, a, a guy that uh, probably in the draft, I don't have the confidence that Steve Kemp could do it outside of the draft because even within the draft, he took a flyer on Eno Benjamin, and Eno Benjamin couldn't even sniff the field. When you look at the uh, free agent running backs, I mean, it's you're picking from Le'Veon Bell to James White to – James Connor, Mike Davis are a couple of guys that are going to be available. Drake, of course, Aaron Jones. People are going to break the bank for Jones. I don't think the Cardinals had the luxury of doing that. But, man, I mean, I, I think that the Arizona Cardinals, this has got to be the season or the draft that they they really look at that running back position. You know, probably, hopefully not first round. Second or third, though, that would be huge for them to to find a guy that they could they, they could start right away. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and somebody that you not have to, you don't have to pay first round money to. I mean, it's and, and you, Mark Ingram would be a great mentor and yeah. a locker room guy. Pace guy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, so if you need texture in the locker room, you got that with Mark Ingram. Look what he did with. I mean, he was the he was the Don King for Lamar Jackson on his MVP train last year. <laughs> you know, and he didn't have to be, like he right. he went there to be the lead back, and Lamar Jackson was the lead back, and he loved it. He ate it up. You know, and he's not just a soundboy. He's a good locker room dude, and you cannot have, you, you can't have too many of them, especially with how fragile the culture of the Arizona Cardinals is at this given point. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying Mark Ingram is just, uh, I don't know, he's a microcosm of what the Cardinals should be looking at this offseason. You're right. Draft a, a running back in the third round and have him hit, and Yahtzee. I mean, look at what the, look at what the Seahawks did with Chris Carson. He was a seventh round pick. 
Sixth yep. or seventh round. Sixth or seventh round. It was it was one of those two. Uh, speaking of the guy, he'll be a free agent. An interesting guy that you can get between the tackles. A guy that's great out of the backfield. He's a perfect. That's interesting. He's a perfect mix of Kenyon Drake and, and Chase Edmonds. He is a he's he is a a child of those two. If they mated their games together, he's obviously got severe injury history, so it might not be worth the price of admission with that. But when you go out, well, sorry, little fumbleitis. Yeah, he does, and I mean Carlos Hyde's going to be a free agent too. Like obviously, we're going down and down further down what the pecking order is. But yeah, Aaron Jones, you're going to be out on Aaron Jones. We'll see where the market is with him because he should. I mean, Green Bay. You know, I mean, it's yeah. crazy when you look at the free agent running backs and the guys that could command some some decent contracts. Not one of them was a first round pick. I mean, not a single one of them. It was yeah. Aaron Jones. I mean, even Le'Veon Bell was a, wasn't he a second round pick out of Michigan yeah, Christian State? Christian McCaffrey was top ten, but besides him, I mean, you're looking at it for free agency. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's gonna be um, it's gonna be interesting. And it, listen, this is fun. You know, we have to talk a lot about the offensive line, which is of the utmost importance, but it's not fun. You know, it's not like any time you could talk about free agents in skill position positions, it's just fun. And, and, and we'll see what happens with them. And we'll see if Stevie Kime can make a right decision for once. It'll be interesting to see <laughs> coming up next. There's a lot of decisions being made across the NFL regarding coaches. Are the Cardinals doing the right thing by, well, doing nothing. That's next locked on Cardinals. But first, I'm happy always to talk about our friends at BetOnline.ag. You ready for some football? You ready for some conference championship football? Well, it's coming up this weekend. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust. That's BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Again, conference championship this week, and you have NBA all over the place, NCAA basketball. The tournament's only a couple months away. you got to get ready now. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And make sure to visit our good friends and exclusive partner at BetOnline underscore AG on Twitter to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business Sign up for a free account and use the promo code Locked On for your sign-up bonus. Second segment, Locked On Cardinals. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock. Thank you to everybody who listens. Thank you to everybody who subscribes. You'll notice that we're doing our podcast day of now instead of a little bit earlier, so you're not getting your notifications at midnight. You're getting them around 10 o'clock uh, Pacific Standard Time. Bo and I are still trying to feel it out. We have something in place to where we're going to start doing video podcasts on Fridays. We just, we're going to wait till the end of the football season to start those. And then we're going to regroup and have an off season plan. And uh, I, I do promise that we'll be here for you at most three or four days a week. And if not five, and uh, you'll have all the off season Arizona Cardinals content. You can stomach again, follow the podcast at locked on AC cards. Thank you to everybody who listens. Um, so I've equated the Arizona Cardinals off season thus far I know it's only been a couple weeks to being a student who finishes the test 20 minutes early and walks out everybody else is being very diligent trying to you know muster up as much knowledge that they've racked into their brain uh, to get the best grade on the test possible and like me the Arizona Cardinals finish 20 minutes early with every test that they that they take that's what they're doing with the coaching search they're like you know what we're done you see everybody else in the room, uh, you know, 
I don't know, looking at their notes and trying to answer better with their with with their uh, with their long answers on their tests, with their essays, things like that. The Seahawks have brought in a bunch of people for the new offensive coordinator position, and it's like, listen, for the first half of the season, the Seattle Seahawks offense was ridiculous, and yeah, it came back to earth. Uh, obviously, with the Rams losing their defensive coordinator to the Chargers, they're gonna have to fill that position, but. You see the Arizona Cardinals just sitting on their hands like, you know what? We're good. We'll see you next year. Bo, am I overreacting with this? Or, or is this like, you know what? Should they be improving somewhere? I mean, as long as the expectation is that they're going to improve once, it, you know, free agency opens up and they can start, you know, pulling off trades when the new league be- year begins, then I guess I guess you're fine, right? I mean, I guess, as, as long if you're finishing your test – as quick as, you know, your analogy goes, you better be getting a good grade on it. You know, you better not just be squeaking through it be- or, you know, running through it because you just want, you don't want to be sitting there any longer. I mean, I, I would, pre- I, I wish they would take my, you know, mentality away from it and you're sitting there just copying people's answers. That's what I think you need to do. Is Absolutely. That's a winner way. Absolutely. That's a winner way. Uh, taking a look at the smartest kid in the class's, uh, his or her paper. And their answers, and sometimes you know, if it's if you got different tests, then you get caught caught up in it because you have a different uh, roster set up. But the Arizona Cardinals, I think, especially like as far as the Bills are set up, and you and I agreed that I think that the Bills are kind of the blueprint that the Arizona Cardinals need to follow. Um, you know, it w- it would be infusing this roster with a few playmakers on in the wide receiver position, not breaking the bank. They've already got their Stefan Diggs acquisition. They they got it at the same time as as Diggs went to Buffalo in in DeAndre Hopkins. But yeah, they need, they need to figure it out. Um, it's I, I I'm not too worried about it because look I don't necessarily I don't agree that it should be the status quo for the most part returning. They they made the decision to dump um, their, their wide receivers coach, but if they're going to stick with Steve Kime as their general manager. And you can make the case not to. If they're going to stick with Cliff Kingsbury as their head coach, and you can you can certainly make the case not to. But they are. That's the decision that they've made. You can't fire Vance Joseph. Where else are you going to make moves in this organization? Where does it come? I you know, and, and I don't think you know outside of David Ray, you, you could really find anybody else to 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 kind of become the fall guy because this is their bed that they're making. Steve Kime. It's Cliff Kingsbury. Vance Joseph had a bounce back year. I think he earned himself a third season. Where where do you make a move? I don't know. I don't know. They should. I mean, it, they should be in for a play caller. That yeah. That's what I, I mean. I'm going to bang the table for that all off season. I, I just I don't think it's happening. Yeah. I but mean, I think that that's that's what you could do to help this team and this this coaching staff. You know, and in its third season. I just, I wonder if we, at some point, we just need to put a moratorium on Cliff Kingsbury not being the head coach anymore. Like, it's just, it's, because really, and and I know that, I know we differ here, as you mentioned, as we've talked about over the last couple weeks, like, it could always go back to, well, Cliff Kingsbury shouldn't be the head coach to begin with. So, we can, this whole conversation is null and void, but... You know, I, I will put an official moratorium. I'm not ready yet 
I'm not ready yet to say that I will not talk about Cliff Kingsbury and his inability to win at any level and still being the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. I think it's fair. I, I'm not just not ready to do it yet. I'm That's the biggest storyline of 2021 is Cliff Kingsbury has to prove there's, there's no more. He has to prove that he belongs as a head coach play caller in the NFL this season. There, there's no more like, you know, experimental period here. It, it's all, I mean, this is this season, you know, this was, they, they got a hall pass again for this season. They did. I mean, there's still a big bulk of the fan base that think eight and eight was fully acceptable where when you watched it play out, you saw that it wasn't, that they missed two gigantic opportunities to punch their ticket to the postseason, and they, they fell short. But the, the, the hall pass is no longer, you know, it, it, it's, there's an end date on this one. It's expired. And now Cliff Kingsbury has to show that he belongs at the NFL level. If he doesn't, yeah, if it shows very early on, then they've got to pull, they've got to pull the, the, the cord on this one. So let's just let's play before we move into Larry Fitzgerald selling his home for an ungodly amount of money compared to what he bought it for. Because listen, it's silly season already. Like this is I I'm still kind of gobsmacked that the Cardinals didn't make the playoffs. And it's just something we just don't talk about because it's it, it just kind of unbelievable. It makes us sad. So let, let let's just play this hypothetical. Okay. Okay. What record would the Cardinals have to start in the first eight weeks of the 2021 season for him to be fired midseason? Two and six and worse. Two and six. Yeah. Okay. And obviously, depending on who they lost to, in what fashion, was it play calling? Does he, you know, think that he has infinite amount of timeouts like he has up until this point? Like, I okay. Um, I don't think – I think that was a trick question. I don't think he'll get fired midseason. I think Steve Kime is too hard-headed and too stubborn to think that anything – any decision he makes is incorrect, so he wouldn't do that midseason, even though it may be the right call. Um, I would say that's fine. I mean, I'd say around there. Like, unless unless something catastrophic happens where they start 0-4 and they get blown up by 25 points every game, which won't happen, you know. The schedule is – it's almost like a first-place schedule they're playing next year. I mean, it's it's a lot more difficult. It, it's The Cardinals had a Super Bowl run with the bounces that they were given this season, and they didn't take advantage. These were the runs – these were the bounces that the 49ers got last year. They played v- inferior opponents and lost to a couple of them, backup quarterbacks, et cetera. They didn't take care of wins they were supposed to take care of, Detroit, Carolina. And the Cardinals could easily not the right word because they're, you know, jumping eight they're jumping eight rungs up the ladder, you know, further than what where we thought they'd be this season. But you look back, their schedule was trash. Who they played against. You didn't. You didn't go into one game against the, the Cardinals played this year. Be like, oh, they're going to lose by twenty. They won two out of the three games against the best opponents they played against with Seattle twice and Buffalo once. The Rams had a down year. They played the 49ers week one, who I guess at that point were at full strength. So I guess you could call that a quality win. They would. They played against garbage teams all year and only mustered eight wins. They had their free pass and they blew it. Coming into next year, I mean, Goff, Wilson, whoever the 49ers quarterback is, Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, Deshaun Watson, and then 
They play Chicago, who's a very tough defense. Tennessee, Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence, the Cowboys. Like, the Cardinals are not going to have an easy road this year. They had an easy road this year, and they blew it. I mean, you talk about the quarterbacks. We've talked about the wide receivers on this podcast that they're going to have to this yeah. square with. And then just just look at the head coach. Uh, I mean, I mean, you mentioned Jacksonville. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury head to head against Urban Meyer. Who are you giving the edge to? I think that's a pretty simple answer. You know, when you when you look at the schedule, as far as a battle of the of the minds and and strategy, who does Cliff Kingsbury? Who's he better than? As far as on their 2021 slate, I mean, you could probably make the case for um, Detroit, Dan Campbell, right? He could, he could probably, he's probably going to win that matchup. Maybe tied Barely. with Matt Nagy. With Matt Nagy. Yeah, Matt Nagy's been to the postseason twice. Yeah. At least give him a little credit, you know. And then Dallas, Mike McCarthy, I think, as far as I'll, I'll give Cliff the edge on, on Mike McCarthy. I'll give mostly everybody the edge on, on Mike McCarthy. He hasn't been, you know, a good head coach since they won a Super Bowl a long, long time ago. Whoever the Texans end up hiring, but it, that's about it. You know, he's he's not gonna, you know, he's not gonna outwit Frank Reich. He's not gonna outwit, um, you know, Matt Lafleur or Kyle Shanahan or Pete Carroll. Sh- certainly not Sean McVay. Matt Rules shown that he's he's the better head coach in one matchup between these two guys. It's you know. I, Mike Rabel's shown that he's a great head coach. So it's you got a lot stack. There's there's a stacked deck against the Arizona Cardinals uh, to to improve next season. I mean, they really you know when we talk about them kind of be, you know being idle so far this off season, they, they that better not be the theme of it. They they better as far as free agency goes, as far as the draft. I mean, it's improving this roster. They better be as proactive as it gets. Absolutely. Locked on Cardinals, part of your Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Bo Brock, Alex Clancy, follow him. And Bob Brack, follow me at Clancy's Corner. Larry Fitzgerald plays Flip This House. And uh, what does it mean for him and his future with the Arizona Cardinals? Next. But first, if you don't know anything about cars like me, uh, there's one place that's got you covered. It's rockauto.com. So instead of going to a storefront place where – you know, you don't really know where to look for things. You don't really know, you know, what to ask for, uh, all the embarrassment and all that. Yeah, I lived through it. I don't do it anymore because I just go to rockauto.com. It's a family business and served auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can shop for auto parts, body parts, hundreds of manufacturers, everything you need, rockauto.com. They've got it. You can go from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. They've got everything. The best part, though, is that the prices are reliably low. They're the same for professionals and people like me, do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much of the money for the same parts if you don't have to? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. You write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Final segment here, Locked on Cardinals. Follow the podcast at Locked on AZ Cards. Larry Fitzgerald has made $11 million every year for the past handful of years. Is this the last year, or is this the year where we see Larry Fitzgerald bid the Arizona Cardinals adieu and go become a billionaire somewhere else? Well, he sold his house in Paradise Valley, a suburb of Phoenix, uh, for $18 million. 
in November. Um, 13,929 square foot home, so, you know, uh, pretty small. Uh, he bought it in 2015, but so he sold it for $18 million a couple months ago. How much do you think he bought it in 2015 for? I don't know, like eight and a half? $3 million, Bo. He bought ah. the house for $3 million in 2015. Now, I'm sure he, you know, put, uh, you know, every toy known to man in that house. I miss cribs. I do. I didn't know there were a bunch of fixer-uppers in Paradise Valley. Yeah, no, neither did I. I mean, maybe he made it all um, aerodynamic. Maybe he made it – maybe he has an anti-gravity room. Love that. Just float around, pop around. Um, so he's he got made... the fountain of youth in there. Did he install yeah, that's that? That's good. That's a good one. I should have started with that. That's a good one. Um, so, yeah, 18 mil. We had this same conversation, you and I both did, when he sold his house on in May of 2019 – he sold a $4.6 million mansion where that was the real one where it's like, is he coming back? He was coming off a good season in 2018, um, but, it, it, you know, it, it's everything was up in the air at that point. So now he sold this house. This is the real question. This doesn't mean anything. The, uh, the economy in Arizona, the, the uh, real estate market in Arizona is absolutely insane right now. So, I mean, maybe he's selling high, but... If you were to guess he's right now, does Larry Fitzgerald come back? What? He's a businessman. Like we, we've seen that he loves to make money. I mean, it, it, did he sell his stake in the Phoenix Suns? I don't know. Let me let me call Probably his not. let me call his uh, accountant. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I'm just, my, the point I'm making is if Larry Fitzgerald is going to have an opportunity to make money, especially an absurd amount of money, like you said. What, he, what did he buy it for? Three and a half? And he sold Three. it for 18? Three. Sold it for 18. A $15 million profit? That's insane. <laughs> yeah. So, would you rather have Larry Fitzgerald for one year 11 mil or not have him on the roster next year? Oh, man. Yeah, I don't, I don't sign him to that deal, especially when he's making real estate deals for more money than that. Yeah. You know, Larry Fitz could even <laughs> – he could just say, "Yeah, I can make more money in real estate than uh, than I can make playing the NFL football." Yeah, I, I yeah, I think at this point, as far as he he clearly, it's tough to f- find a role for him in Cliff Kingsbury's offense. I would hate for him to go out like that, where you know he missed the final game of the regular season with the groin injury, and obviously missed time being on the COVID nineteen list, and it wasn't an ideal time to go, and in Father Time did show that it's his ability to remain undefeated even with Larry Fitzgerald. Um man, it would it, it'd be it'd be a bummer but it it would not discount at all what he's been able to accomplish during his Cardinals career. I mean it would it would start the our, uh this it would start and usher in this fan base's ability to just to love this guy. You know, it wouldn't give you you know one more season of you know, average statistics and getting overpaid to where it, it could, you know, some some fans would be calling, like, why is he on the roster? You know, it, you don't want that. Right. I mean, I just wish if Cliff Kingsbury knew how to use him, this could be a different conversation. Like, in this offense, with, with the dump-down nature of this offense, Larry Fitzgerald could have 75 catches again next year. He has the ability yeah. to catch the ball when it's thrown to him. He can run the little – 
the the little in routes just around the line of scrimmage and up to the first down marker inside 10 yards. You're not going to be throwing him screamers down the sidelines anymore, but the dude can still run routes, turn around, and catch anything that's thrown to him, and he's a great blocker for the wide receiver position still. So if you use him, I mean, even if you move him to tight end, <laughs> you know, what if what if you just use utilize him as a true tight end? Have him run tight end routes and see what happens. I mean, crazier things have happened. I just don't think I mean the eleven million dollar mark is just it it's it's impossible. You can't grow a team and pay a thirty eight year old eleven million dollars. It's not a quarterback. You just can't do it. Yeah. You just can't do it. Yeah, it'd be tough. It'd be tough. It would it would be it, how many times can you can you do that? How many times can you play that card? And I think that we've reached, you know, the the breaking point. And you know, as far as what the production was, and you, I mean, here, here's why it'd be tough to even just play him at tight end. It's like we saw Dan Arnold; he was making bigger plays in the offense than Fitz down the stretch. And then Max Williams is one of the better blocking tight ends in the league. So he doesn't he doesn't offer anything that's better than either one of the two tight ends that you're starting already. But no, I understand. Like I wish this team would utilize Larry Fitzgerald in, in kind of trying to become a chain moving offense because there was so many times. I mean, you were the one that was pleading with this team to, to try to sustain drives and win the time of possession battle where a guy like Larry Fitzgerald would be in, instrumental in that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, what's what wants, what keeps me coming back. The one, uh, you know, the one, swing of the golf club out of the 125 that I make in a round of golf there's always one that keeps you coming back that's that's it that's the hook initially in golf when you're not good you will most likely hit one shot you're like oh that's why that's why mm -hmm. people love golf imagine if I could hit two of those next time the one stroke the one shot of Larry Fitzgerald from last year that wants me coming back is a touchdown catch against Philly where he's in the yeah, back of the end zone. He has no business catching that ball. And he's still in synchronicity with Larry Fitzgerald since 2003. He puts both of his hands together, brings that ball in, two feet inbounds, in the back of the end zone. And he's like, of course he did, because he's Larry Fitzgerald. This isn't a homer take. This is just seeing glimpses of how he can still be effective in the NFL if utilized properly. I do believe that it was play-calling more so than him dropping, you know, three levels or whatever in play this year. I truly believe they just forgot about him in the offense. And sure, maybe because he doesn't have the burst that he did, he doesn't get the separation that he once did. I'm sure that's the case. But if you put him in Kyle Shanahan's offense, he could have 90 catches. Like, I, I don't think that that's a far cry from what could potentially happen. You just need to be able to get your best playmakers the ball. And truth be told... Larry Fitzgerald is the second best receiver the Cardinals had last year, and that he didn't well, use that, him. That needs to change, though, for sure. Of course, right? he does. I mean, absolutely. Larry Fitzgerald would would benefit from having a a, a big time playmaker opposite DeAndre Hopkins, and, and Fitz being, you know, third fourth option, to where he can kind of get lost in the defense, like where where the defense might not be able to pick up tabs on number eleven, because they're having to deal with matchup problems with number 10 and, and hopefully somebody else they bring in via free agency or draft or both for sure. But uh, yeah, I mean, and, and you have to look at it. It's like, it's going to be, how, how do you, is Larry Fitzgerald was his, was his down season, a product of his age? Was it a product of Cliff Kingsbury's play calling? Was it a product of 
guys opposite him not outside of DeAndre Hopkins not being able to make big plays, he could probably bring in a mix of all of those things. But, you know, what's the excuse for Christian Kirk for disappearing down the stretch? What's the excuse for Andy Isabella never developing? What's the excuse for Keyshawn Johnson being held under 200 yards again in a season? It's just like some, something's not right, and they need to figure it out. They, I mean, there's – you know, there's too much talent with Christian Kirk. There's too much talent. Well, I don't know about Indy Isabella. I just don't think he's an NFL player. But they just there's a, there's a lot of issues. And you know, I think as far as to answer your question, is Larry Fitzgerald no longer is he's not the solution for the problem, but also like trying to figure out a way to get him the ball also isn't going to be, you know, that that's not going to earn you more wins in 2021, unfortunately. Right. Alex Clancy, Bobrock, Locked on Cardinals. That's enough from us today. We'll be back reloaded tomorrow to talk all off-season things necessary um, in an effort to keep ourselves busy until the off-season as the 2020 NFL season wraps up. Alex Clancy, Bobrock, Locked on Cardinals. We'll talk to you tomorrow.